Cause I'm a pasty face bitch. Pasty face bitch. Everyone knows you a pasty mm-hmm. face bitch. Asshole Cord is a bi-weekly podcast in which a group of lifelong friends choose a controversial public figure and examine their history through available public records and various publications to determine if that person is as much of an asshole as the general public suspects. We rate the subjects on a not-so-scientific scale, ranging from Mr. Rogers to Hitler, 1 to 11, and average out the three scores in the end for our final number. Just a reminder, our judgment has no legal weight, is strictly an opinion, and is subject to change at any time especially in the case of new evidence. It shouldn't be taken seriously, so just don't. Did the aliens create the pyramids? Is there an undiscovered hominid that roams the evergreen forests and mountains of Washington and Oregon? Is there a stretch of the Atlantic Ocean that dooms ships and planes to its dark depths forever? Is Stevie Wonder really blind? Let's be honest, there are some really fun conspiracy theories. They're harmless, largely hilarious, and if they turned out to be true, it wouldn't change your life all that much. They might even make it more interesting. And then there are other, darker conspiracy theories that are decidedly not fun or harmless. As they permeate the culture, they divide people, anger people, and create an environment of paranoia and mistrust. And, keeping with the conspiracy theme of our new Conspiracy Court launches, we decided to cover the 21st century king of conspiracy theories, Alex Jones. And Jones definitely traffics in the unfunny, divisive conspiracy theories. Is he a fearless warrior speaking an uncomfortable truth to power? Is he a harmless purveyor of interesting alternative theories on global realities? Is he a huckster and scam artist who found a way to radicalize perfect strangers in a way not seen since the advent of religion? Is he just a giant tomato red chode in human form? Put on your tinfoil hat, pour yourself some unfluoridated water, and tune in as we break down one of America's most controversial figures on Asshole Court. So before we get into introductory scores, we want to talk about something real quick. All right, AHC fans, ask and you shall receive. We're kicking off an all-new show under the AHC brand called Conspiracy Court. It's going to be available exclusively on Patreon, and you can find us there at AHC Podcast. We're going to have options for ad-free shows, shout-outs, swag, stickers, all kinds of cool shit. The Conspiracy Court episodes will come out once a month, and you'll love what we have to say about some of the most unbelievable and very believable conspiracies. So whip out your wallet, go to patreon.com, and get in on the good shit. And as always, thank you in advance for all your support. All right, so let's start with uh, introductory scores. Who wants to go first, Randy or Buddy? I'll take it. Okay, all right, go ahead, Buddy. All right, so yeah, I've uh, I've seen Alex Jones on TV a couple of times, and uh, the couple times that I saw him, that was enough for me. I don't like the conspiracies that he pushes, because like you said in the intro, it could be very divisive Mm -hmm. and, you know, really push, you know, friends apart, you know, based off of just nonsense that he's out there hawking. Mm -hmm. You know, he gets so animated at times too. He reminds me of the, um, 
from Star Wars Episode One, the leader of the Gorgons, the underwater world. Yeah. He just gets up and he's just like, <laughs> spouting off, aliens or the damn Democrats, <laughs> you know, and just going off. And I it just, it's too much for me, man. You know, we kind of have a barometer here on the show where, you know, about seven is where, you know, somebody's committed murder or something mm-hmm. like that. But it does kind of jump up sometimes, you know, just based on what you do. And with his reach and the audience that he has, and he has this kind of way about him where he's like, I, I can't be held accountable for what I'm saying. This is what the people are saying, and I'm just repeating it. Mm-hmm. And I believe it, you know, but I, I, but you can't hold me to it. And I'm sorry if some stuff was wrong, I'm, you know, but a lot of stuff's right. Mm-hmm. So, um, but just for what he can do to to really split people apart, he's not doing anything to help by any means. And I think that he is, you know, there's like the people that showed up at like the dude that showed up with the gun to the pizza parlor. Yeah. Uh, over Pizzagate. Yeah. Comet he, pizza or whatever. It was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whatever it was, you know, like, I mean, these are people that he's basically radicalizing yeah. with his own voice. And I, I don't like that at all. So right off the rip, um, Alex, I'm giving him a 7.5 out of the gates. Okay. And uh, we'll see where he lands at yeah. the end of all this. All right. Randy, what you got, brother? Awesome. So um, doing a little bit of research for the show, just so I had an idea of what we we're going to dive into. I think my favorite conspiracy that I heard Alex Jones preach was that juice boxes make kids gay. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're, we're going to touch on Jesus a lot of that Christ. stuff. Right. Yeah, because that sounds real, right? Of course. Uh, I think Will Ferrell would have a big problem with that. If you remember, give me a juice box. We was talking to Mike Dicka. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Nice. So, um, but to your point, buddy, this guy incites, I won't say incites violence. He does in some cases, incites extreme division and fear within lots of people, right? Yeah, sure. There's, it sucks because there's such a distrust of government and authority, like pretty much all around the world. Mm-hmm. And you're, it's, it's a little healthy to have a little bit of... Yeah, to be skeptical to is be, fine. Right, exactly. But to the level that this dude takes it, it's divisive. It is. Yeah. It's absolutely divisive. Um, and he does. He invokes fear and kind of just gets people really fucking worked up over... If you look at uh, his Wikipedia page, he'll talk about a website he has is literally... It's a fake news website. And I'm like, huh, that's oh. a, a good descriptor. Yep. That's you know, a good start right yeah, there. Yeah, his, his clan would probably have something different to say about it, but... Sure. To the masses, you know, you're like, this fucking guy, like, legitimately, you know, I'm sure a lot of the stuff we'll dive into, the Sandy Hook stuff, it's just, it sucks, man, because a lot of the victims of the things that he, you know, is, uh, I guess, outspoken about in regards to being fake or planned or whatever, um, it feels like they really get, I guess, kind of put on the back burner in regards to the impact it had on their lives when something fucking extremely tragic like that happens. Sure. So, yeah, it's ratings over victims. That's right. Yeah, you that's know, right. and... So off the rip, I'm giving this dude a 7.75 okay. for Alex yeah. Jones. He is. Uh, I'm rating him higher than Henry Ford and Suge Knight, but pre-show a little lower than Scott Peterson. Okay, okay. interesting. Yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I chose this subject. <clears throat> I did the the research and stuff like that, and uh, I chose it because I very sincerely do not like this guy. So it's very tough for me to. I'm not gonna sit here and be like, oh, I don't know much. I'm gonna be very objective. I do have a, a an opinion going into this because I've watched this guy for years, and although I'm still friends with people that are have kind of gotten absorbed into his uh, his gravitational pull, mm-hmm. it there has been fraught moments between me and those people because it's very hard to have those conversations with those people because it's it's just tough and I'll and I'll get into a lot of that, but overall I think he's definitely a net negative 
to society. Oh, 100%. Um, and so I'm going to start them off with an eight, but we'll we'll move into that, you know, after uh, we get through this whole show. But I, I definitely think he is uh, a net negative, even before I really dug into the research on this one, just from my own personal experiences with people that are sort of uh, in that, uh, you know, camp. Camp. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. With a 7.5 from Buddy, an 8.0 from Mikey, and a 7.75 from Randy, Alex Jones' pre-show asshole score is a 7.75. Sounds about fitting. All right. Yeah. You guys ready to figure out what the truth is? Hold on. Let me get my tinfoil hat. That's it. Mine doesn't fit very well. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do this shit. All right. All right. Here we go. Alexander Emmerich Jones is born in Dallas, Texas on February 11th, 1974. His entry into the world of conspiracy and political intrigue is immediate as his father was a CIA agent and his mother fucked Jack and Bobby Kennedy. Oh, wow. I'm joking. Obviously, (laughs) obviously his mom fucked the weaker Kennedy, Teddy. (laughs) No, seriously, his mom uh, probably never fucked a Kennedy and his dad was the antithesis of an exciting international man of mystery. He was a dentist. Oh, yeah. You know, I was kind of curious about his early upbringing, you know, and how you get to a point like this with dad being a dentist, though. Right. And that's the thing. Alex had an upbringing as boring and as safe as his father's career. They lived in Rockwell, uh, Texas, which is a fairly well-to-do suburb that's northeast of Dallas. Yeah, I was thinking that was, and they were middle class if dad was a dentist. You know. Upper, very upper middle yeah. class. Yeah, dentists okay. make pretty good money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His mother was a stay-at-home mom. She didn't fuck any of the Kennedys. I bet she wish she had, though, because Jack was a uh, looker. He was a looker. <laughs> uh, Alex seems to have had a normal childhood and like teenage experience. As Alex himself put it, quote, I was the all-American kid with a great family. I read Time Life books, played football, and was friends with everybody. His parents were not overtly political, and they seemed to have intentionally shielded little Alex from politics. He said, uh, quote, my parents were careful not to give me political views almost as an experiment to see what I'd turn into. The closest thing to a childhood political training was some neighbors who were members of the John Birch Society. They'd come over for dinner, and I'd be exposed to those ideas starting at around the age of two. Now, <clears throat> if you're not familiar with the John Birch Society, they were effectively like the QAnon Tea Party of the Republican Party back in the 50s and 60s. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. And among other policy platform things like a hatred for the Federal Reserve and the federal government in general, they were very concerned about the threat of one world government. So to be honest, it kind of sounds like Jones' neighbors may have had a pretty serious impact on little Alex. We said at the age of two. I mean, I get it. You're around it or whatever. Yeah. You don't understand what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah, you no. You know what I mean? No. Well, they were now, he says that's when they were starting to hang out. So I imagine they came over a good bit. So All probably right. not just at the age of two, because I don't really remember shit from two. Nope. No, you don't. I mean, first memories pop up around four, five, you know, but if you're hearing Federal Reserve as yeah. trash spouted ever since you were two, you know. Eh. Well, that's the thing. If you really kind of dig into like the John Burt Society, which I've done plenty of times before, it's, it's, they eventually got sort of booted out of the Republican Party by what was called like the Rockefeller Republicans. They were like, you motherfuckers are crazy. You're a little too nuts We're tired us. of yeah. you. And Goldwater, uh, Barry Goldwater was sort of in that camp, but sort of like riding the fence. They ended up getting booted out. And then the Republican Party went to a much more standard conservative issue Republican Party up until around Reagan when they started veering back towards that. But if you go read about the stuff that is espoused by like John Birch Society people, 
it's a lot of like what Alex Jones talks about. You know, yeah. one world government, new world order, Federal Reserve, banks own everything. Have you ever looked at the back of a one dollar yeah. bill, man, or twenty dollar bill, man? Yeah, yeah. On weed. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, is there a way I can say I hate Jews without saying I hate Jews? That's pretty much it. With all due respect. Yeah, with all due respect, <laughs> yeah. the Jews are the problem in the world. And every time I hear New World Order, I can't help but think of like Hollywood. Bam, bam, bam. That's right. Yeah. Hollywood Hogan and it's Kevin Nash and Scott Hall and yeah. the NWO. NWO. Yeah. From the yeah. heydays of wrestling in the 90s. Yeah. When Sting yeah. switched sides. And, That's right. Oh, yeah. they, were, they were completely fucking awesome. That's for real. Yeah. And my dad was a very conservative dude, Reagan Republican growing up. Uh, it was, you know, Reagan was God in, in the household. And I uh, thought you were about to say your dad loved an NWO. NWO, yeah, no, no, I thought no. the same thing too. <laughs> no, no, it was he different. Would dress up in the Sting ma- <laughs> yeah. makeup. It was, and- it was different when I told him that I was like NWO is awesome, the New World Order, and he was like, "Wait a second here." <laughs> All right, so but in his high school years, there's something that's going on in Alex Jones' world, and this is sort of what he claims to be like his sort of superhero origination story as America's preeminent conspiracy theorist, because as Alex alleges. He stumbled across a wild criminal conspiracy in his own Rockwall, Texas backyard. Little Dick Tracy over there, huh? That's right. He claimed that when he attended a number of high school parties, he observed a number of off-duty Rockwall police officers selling pot, ecstasy, and cocaine to his friends and classmates. And Jones was irked by the hypocrisy. Jones said, quote, A truck would appear, sometimes with a guy still in uniform inside, then on Monday, they'd have dare and drug test us for football. And I was like, you want to drug test me when I know you're selling the stuff? I called them the mafia to their face. At the time, I didn't know anything about CIA drug dealing. Hmm. I have a hard time buying into this. Yeah. And I, it, it might have been a completely different environment with completely different people. But we had a healthy fear of the police officers when we were in high school. Sure. And it wasn't necessarily like fear of... It was the fear of them fucking with us. Yeah, just no, there's no no reason to like kick the fucking wasp's nest. Yeah, one hundred percent. And we definitely didn't have cops at our parties selling drugs. We had plenty of friends that sold the drugs that we oh. needed. So it was like, yeah, it's true, not yeah. an issue. Yeah. yeah, that wasn't our experience. But hey, who knows? Maybe Rockwell, Texas, is different. Maybe to each sounds their like own. something out of a fucking movie, though. But Alex also claims that he is pulled over at one point with a six pack under his seat. Now, being the fearless and defiant teen that he is. He promptly tells the officer that the Rockwall police were corrupt and they had no fucking right whatsoever to enforce laws. Because he's like, you guys are breaking the laws. You can't enforce these fucking laws. Fuck you, dude. He says that following this, he was taken to the jail where one of the officers told him to get with the fucking program and quit talking about their side dealing activities or otherwise they'd frame him and send his ass to prison. But Alex wasn't about to get cowed by the fucking man. No way, dude. <laughs> Always the showman. He waited until he had an opportunity for maximum impact against the drug dealing pigs of Rockwall, Texas. <laughs> As Alex explains it, quote, I went to school and they were having an auditorium meeting about drug testing or something. They had cops up there that I knew were drug dealers. And I stood up and I said, I was at a pool party. He was selling cocaine and ecstasy last week. He said that the cops took me in the office, ran my head in the wall, and told me, We're going to kill you if you don't shut up. They said, you're going to move out of this town right now. And that's why he says that his family moved to Austin because of it. So, yeah, his dad closes up his dentist practice. His family packed up and they left Rockwall and kicked on down to Austin, Texas for a new, safer start for Alex. And sure enough, just a few months after the Jones exit, 
the sheriff of Rockwall, Texas, is indeed indicted on organized crime charges. Now, that is true. Huh, really? That is true. That is verifiable. So Alex Jones is vindicated in his first conspiracy theory. I told you guys. Mm-hmm. He had exposed a criminal syndicate conspiracy and suffered for it to such an extent that he was forced into exile. Well, all of this is true if you lend uh, any credibility to Alex Jones' account of the events. Like I said, now, the Rockwall sheriff did get indicted on charges for uh, organized crime, but there's questions about whether this is like a post-facto story because the truth is he's the only person that recalls events this way. Yeah. Oh, how convenient. Right. The other version of events, backed up by multiple people from his high school and even a former employee of Alex Jones, is that Alex Jones and his family left Rockwall because Alex, well, he got his ass kicked pretty bad. (laughs) So mommy and daddy were just trying to protect him from bullies, not the police department. The story... Brilliantly exposed by an investigative piece by the great original podcast, This American Life, which I listened to. Very good. Go listen to that episode of This American Life. They really dig fucking deep. And it's like, you didn't even have to do it this far, but you guys really went 60 minutes on his ass. Yeah. And the story is that Alex was far from the all-American kid who got along with everybody. In fact, according to a lot of classmates, Alex Jones was a total fucking weirdo and a bully. From one email that a former classmate sent to the producers of This American Life, quote, he used to run around the hall saying he was the devil. This is no joke. He spoke a lot about being Satan or the Antichrist. He would walk the halls with his arms flared out, with his intense, wide-eyed, evil look in his eyes. He proclaimed to be the Antichrist. Sounds like somebody we would kick their ass in school. That's right. He sounds like a trench coat kid. That's right. From back in the 90s that got his ass beat. That's That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. That's the end of that quote. Uh, and then, uh, like, the thing is, is that they were getting all these emails from classmates. They reached out to anybody they could find. It was like, just tell us what, what was going on in high school. We're trying to verify the story. Because Alex Jones had told the story to Rolling Stone back in, like, 2011. Oh, wow. That okay. took it as fact. Yeah. Yeah. Don't fuck with NPR, brother. <laughs> they will dig <laughs> your shit up. And these stories weren't just from anonymous classmates, actually. Jones' own football coach confirmed the behavior, saying, quote, I'm fixing to tell you something that's going to blow your mind. He... Oh, golly. People thought he was possessed. Have you heard this? Well, he could make his tongue turn black, and he would roll his eyes back in his head, and he would just sort of shake his head. It, it was, I don't even know how to describe it. It was so eerie. And he was later talking about, he was like, he thought that maybe he was breaking pins in his mouth. Oh, to my have his, God. Like, yeah, uh-huh. and be like, ah, I'm the devil. God, he really was the super weird kid. Yeah. I, I can make my tongue really big. <laughs> yeah, you can. It's <laughs> yeah. an odd thing. <laughs> an... Here's a Sharpie. Why don't we go ahead and make it black? And <laughs> All right, so the story goes that one day during a second period geography class, Jones like unexpectedly and violently assaults one of his, like a guy that was sort of his friend. The guy's name was Jared. <clears throat> and he Not knocks... Fogel. Not Fogel, <laughs> no. That would be okay. I'd be okay with this. Because he actually knocks, <laughs> he knocks Jared unconscious, and then he continues to like kick the shit out of him. Uh, he, he like blindsides this dude, kicks the shit out of him. And according to a number of people that American, uh, This American Life reached out to, including Jared, they found the Jared that was oh, wow. a part of the oh, story. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, I'm telling you, go listen to that shit. That, this man, American man, Life it, is pretty incredible. It was a deep dive. They really fucked this dude's world up, man. <laughs> but anybody who's listening to NPR doesn't really like Alex Jones anyway. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but a lot of people like basically said that after they that he like assaulted Jared and like beat him up really bad, everybody had enough of his bullshit at this point. So at a party not long after the attack, 
Alex shows up and is being Alex, you know, he's like drunk and belligerent and he's screaming about being the devil or whatever. And he starts talking about how he's going to beat Jared's ass again. And this time it's going to be like way worse. I know how we would have handled that back in the day. Yeah. Well, Jared's friends decide that a preemptive strike was warranted and they basically beat the fuck out of Alex Jones. There Good. it is. Yeah. There you go. So, you know, there are two versions of events here and there's no way for me to prove either. You decide what you think happened. Alex either exposed a massive drug conspiracy and had to move away to protect himself and his family, or Alex was an asshole who eventually wrote a check that his ass couldn't cash. One version does have more witnesses, though, so I'll tell you which one I sort of buy into. I'm going with the latter on that. But anyway, when Alex and his family moved to Austin, he claims that he reassesses his priorities at that point. He gives up smoking weed, and he quits football. Instead, he finds himself focusing on political and historical reading. You know, that's kind of what I was thinking when you were talking about, he was like, I'm not taking any drug tests. Y'all are selling the drugs. I was like, man, he sounds like a pothead who doesn't want to take a drug test. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and he's like, I moved to Austin and quit smoking weed. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And I never understood drug testing for weed and for football anyways. That's a, that is not a performance enhancing drug. No, not, <laughs> not in the slightest. At all. Yeah. In and fact, you should get extra points for being high on the field and being good at it. We didn't get drug tested. My son plays. He doesn't get drug tested. Our like- soccer team did though one time. And oh my God, everybody was like, they are failing all of them. <laughs> And they're like, look at them. They all look like they smoke weed. And they would do. We had a very good soccer team. Yeah. Very good. And soccer nothing team. happened to them. No, it's because yeah. they knew. Yeah. They knew what was up. They're like, just let those guys look at their hair. Yeah. They have. Oh, they all have man buns in the late 90s. <laughs> <laughs> they know. They know they're smoking weed before it was stylish. You know what I'm saying? They all pulled up in like Volkswagen vans and got out and just beat the shit out of soccer teams that they shouldn't have. Pulling out of like the mystery machines with smoke right. bailing out of it. How many times have you listened to an episode and thought, man, I wish they would have said this? Well, now with our interactive social media pages, you can. Let us know what you think about our show subjects and give us your scores. We'd love to hear from you. Well, most of you at least. Let's dive back into the action. So anyways, yeah, he, he says, okay, I, I give up on all this uh, smoking weed and playing football. And he claims to have like spent his time like reading a lot, like monumental, important works like the decline and fall of the Roman Empire and the rise and the fall of the Third Reich, which are like multi-volume historical books of very like of deep importance. Yeah, absolutely. And it's in these works that he says he begins to see the dark underbelly of historical power structures. Quote, I started understanding that governments have been staging terror and dealing drugs throughout history. He says, quote, the whole program was there. Mm hmm. He graduates from Anderson High School in 1993, and he decides to take that giant brain of his, a brain so large that it can only be supported by that fucking canned ham of a neck that he has, <laughs> and continue his higher education at Austin Community College. It doesn't go well, and he drops out shortly thereafter. But that's okay, because Alex Jones has found another outlet to focus his coked-out honey badger-like energy on. And uh, that is the Austin Public Access television station, or ACTV. Now, for those of you that are younger than 30 or so, you have to understand that back in the 80s or 90s, there were public TV stations that fucking anybody could go on and sort of like do whatever they wanted. Think of uh, Wayne's World. Yeah. That's, yes, how that's, Wayne, a, that's how Wayne's World got their start. Absolutely right. Perfect example. Yeah. Wayne's Randy. World is perfect. Zach Galifianakis' Between Two Ferns is a parody 
of this. And but it was a very real thing that existed. That show's hilarious. It is. It's great. Yeah. I, I don't like it. But I did love the clapback that Obama had on him. Yeah. When uh, he kept on razzing on Obama. Yeah. And then he was like, "Man, that uh." What was it? Hangover 3. That was a really tough movie, huh? You had to have Bradley Cooper there to really carry that film, yeah. huh? We <laughs> uh, <laughs> put him in his place. It was actually pretty funny. But at the time, I think it would be a fair description to say that public access TV was kind of like a proto-YouTube with a more localized audience. And it's also important to note that at the time, Austin was not the Austin that it is today. It was much more uh, Texas, like, legitimately weird, though. Yeah. It was the weird subculture of all of Texas. It was a little island, and it was intentionally weird. That's where the whole Keep Austin Weird Keep thing Austin started weird, from. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. While now, Austin loves to proclaim itself as a weird bohemian town for musicians, artists, and other creative types, but in actuality, is just Silicon Valley with a fucking cowboy hat on and a Keep Austin Weird t-shirt. Austin in the early 90s was legitimately all of those things. It was a place where artists went to go live cheaply, and they would do this stuff like that. So... It was like a perfect environment for a weirdo like Alex Jones and his appearances on ACTV where he could like take calls and spout conspiracy after conspiracy after conspiracy for an hour or so. They made him somewhat of a local celebrity because it was just like fucking hilarious. They just thought like this. Look at this fucking weirdo over here on this like public access television show. He's taking it so seriously and he's just, you know, he was he was a character to his credit. He has the gift of gab. Yes. Like, yeah, he, he does. can talk. Oh, the guy 100%. can talk. You know what I mean? And he's definitely um, the way he projects his voice and like, you know, the honey badger. Yeah. Like, yeah. Coke. yeah. yeah dude, that's, the guy is just he has, a million miles a minute. He has an insane ability. Like I'm talking top notch ability to string odd pieces of information together in some sort of a weird cohesive narrative. Yeah. yeah. Most people can't really do that. And they were even talking to like people that were working there with him at the public access channel that were like, this dude, you would just, he'd read a headline and he could, like, you know, free script this whole thing, the story that sounded plausible if you were a fucking borderline dumbass that didn't want to read into it more. <laughs> Almost like a rapper, a storyteller, you know, yeah. just telling it. And it was like, dang, he's the, that the does sound right. of conspiracy theory. It's true. <laughs> yeah. I actually spent some time on, uh, like, YouTube finding some of his uh, public access shows that he did in, like, 97 and stuff like that. And, I mean, you could see. The draw, because it seemed like it was sort of like lighthearted and sort of fun. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And like I said, Austin ate this shit up, dude. Like, it was quirky enough to feel native to the town at the time. It was like watching the crazy homeless guy shout about the end of the world on some city street corner, but you could watch it all from the comfort of your home. And it was kind of endearing seeing how serious Jones was about all of it. I'm passionate, man. Passionate. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's kind of nuts. And arguably disrespectful to the victims to say that Oklahoma City bombing was a false flag operation by the government. But just look how sincere he is. Like, the crazy rascal. Man, <laughs> is it true? I mean, gosh, the way that he's talking about it. Yeah, yeah. And it sucks because it kind of goes back to the thing we've talked about in other shows is your audience is probably the less read, lower educated, easily influenced sure. group. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. I've never thought about that. And just because you haven't thought about yeah. the crazy shit he's spouting doesn't mean it's real. Well, every and day it's accretive because like if you in one day you reach a thousand people <laughs> and 980 of them think it's bullshit. Well, 20 don't. That's right. And then the next day 
get another audience like that, you tack on another 20, and all of a sudden you're slowly building this up. The snowball gets yeah, bigger and bigger effect. as it goes down the mountain. So, But it's true because not everybody loves the show. Plenty of people don't. Like, In fact, quite a few people take immense pleasure in crank calling his public access show, nice. calling him Jarhead Jones. <laughs> And this like legitimately bothered Alex. Like he would get irate on camera and scream at the caller who usually consisted of a prank group known as Anathema Enterprises. Again, this is Austin. <laughs> this is weird. You have like a performance art group that's calling in to prank call a dude that's a conspiracy theorist or whatever, calling him Jarhead Jones just to watch him freak the fuck out. Dude, I told you he's like a Gungan. Jar Jar Jones. Oh God, I'm not Jarhead Jones. <laughs> it's true, man. <clears throat> Now, occasionally, Alex would host like little parties at the ACTV studios, and they were like sort of a meet and greet for his fans. And they were talking about, you know, initially he wasn't super confident. There, you could tell he was kind of working, but he slowly got better and better, and he started developing a fan base. And so he really did start having opportunities for people to come to the studio, and he would just like absolutely loved basking in the glory of the being fame. Like, yeah, these yeah, people really want to talk to me. The trouble is. That Anathema Enterprises became aware of some of these meet and greets. Nice. And they decided to show up one time to just call Alex Jarhead Jones to his face. <laughs> Alex, of course, was not a fan of this and invited the guy outside to settle it. And according to multiple witnesses, settle it he did. By getting his ass kicked again. <laughs> really? Yeah, nice. good. And not just by the Anathema Enterprises prankster, but eventually by one of the other public access channel show hosts. The show host was a guy named uh, Charlie Sotelo, uh, and he had actually initially come to to Jones' aid after Jones got punched in the face multiple times. But Jones was apparently going so nuts and like threatening to fight everybody that he got sick of it, and he was like, "Everybody's tired of your shit, dude. Like, shut the fuck up." And then Jones like was like spitting and stuff like that. So Sotelo starts punching him in the face. <laughs> He's like, I told you to shut up. Well, I mean, we've all been to those parties where you have the drunk guy who gets out of control. It's true. Tries to fight everybody, gets his fucking shit kicked one good time. Yep. And then the guy who's out there maybe trying to calm him down, yeah. give him a little bit of a breather. He winds up turning on that guy I and saw getting it. his shit kicked. I again. saw I saw a guy get his ass kicked twice. I tried to give a guy I tried to literally get him a taxi home in between the ass right. kickings. <laughs> And then, like, I finally got so sick of it. Like, I didn't attack him. I just was like, you know what? Fuck this shit. And I walked back inside to the party. And then when I walked back outside, he was breathing in the bushes really heavy. Like, because <gasps> he got <laughs> fucking his ass beat again. And was laying in a large, like, thing of hedges. They would gotten beat up into the hedges, which... If you're able to push all the way through hedges like that, then you really got your shit kicked in. You want that taxi now, bro? That's it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, the next he disappeared. Day, he yikes. never came back. He God, never... The next day, you got to be hurting so bad. Not only did you get your shit mentally, kicked, you're scratched up. You're, scratched yeah. up and you're just mentally beat. Your ego is just negative at that point. It's true. But, I mean, all of this is actually sort of documented because the Austin police ended up having to come to the studio <laughs> and they heard the versions of the story. Now, Alex Jones was, of course, telling them that, like, these guys jumped me and they had knives and stuff like that. And Charlie Satello was like, no, dude, he just was being an asshole. He got his ass kicked and then I also kicked his ass. So then he knows? gets arrested and he's like, it's all conspiracy. They're also selling drugs and they're in cahoots with those other cops. Right, and right. it'll be on my next episode. Tune in. <laughs> Now, from what I could find, I don't think that this ass beating was the end of Jones' effort at Public Access Channel or at the Austin Public Access Channel. He didn't run away from it like he did his first town. 
No, no, I guess not. <laughs> it's true, right? <laughs> Instead, his exit came because his father reached out to a local radio station and convinced them that Alex would be a ratings grabber for them. It didn't hurt that Alex had some social like cachet in Austin thanks to ACTV. Remember, he had people that really yep. liked him or yeah, whatever. Yeah, sure. And it definitely didn't hurt that Alex's dad also offered to be the show's first guaranteed advertiser. Pay to play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he gets a show on the, the radio station there, and the show does pretty well. Uh, this type of format was perfect for Jones. According to one of his producers, quote, he just walked into the booth, sat down, and started in on a rant cold. I never saw anything like that. And like we were talking about, like he is good at ranting. He's yeah. really good at it. Yeah, he's captivating. Yeah, and especially if you buy into his shit. For that audience, he's very captivating. And uh, Alex's emotional outbursts made for must-listen radio. Like, even if you don't believe what he's saying, you just want to see what happens next, right? And like, for instance, when one guest called in and uh, called Jones a soft, button-up type media type, Jones broke out into tears and screamed, my name is Alexander Jones, and I played football, man, and my parents are still married, and I'm a damned American. The caller was stunned silent, and the show like immediately went to break. And like the producers were like just sitting there like, holy shit. What's next? Yeah, yeah. and Alex was just like, did I cry too much? Because... Like I can't just I, sometimes I can't turn this thing off. <laughs> oh wow, he just really it's like like a Renaissance actor. He just really goes for it. Yeah, yeah. And but it wasn't just the outlandishness and the emotional outburst that made people tune in. Uh, not at all, actually. What a lot of people tuned in for day in and day out was the new narrative that they got to hear. And Jones was incredibly skilled in laying out wild narratives based on minuscule truths or outright lies. Additionally. Jones is adept at like framing the issue in a very tribal way, us against them. Us being the good guys, the smart people, the, uh, the ones that are able to see through the great charade, and them being the bad guys, the architects of the global domination conspiracy, and the idiots out there that are too dumb to see it all. And that's the thing, too, is like <clears throat> there's been other conspiracy show radio hosts, like guys like Art Bell, who were like the predecessor to Alex Jones. And if you ever got a chance, I used to listen to Art Bell's show sometimes, even though I didn't buy into it because it was just kind of fun. Entertaining. It was entertaining. Sure. And a lot of it was this sort of like innocuous conspiracies that we talked about, like aliens and, you know, Bigfoot and stuff like that. But Jones definitely had a different tone. And that was, like I said, he was just like, oh, well, there's a global conspiracy. And, and it was a totally just like, you know, these guys are evil. We've got to figure this out. It's us versus the Illuminati, man. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely true. <clears throat> and the formula is there to be repeated if anyone chooses to do so. If you don't have any shame, like you could probably do this if you, you know, if you have an oratory skill like Alex Jones has and you just don't have any shame. And uh, it goes like this. And this is from an article I found. And I think it sums it up like pretty brilliantly. Quote, take a kernel of truth, warp it and its context in a funhouse mirror and set it against a heavy backdrop of conspiracy while raising the stakes with a generous dose of fear. That's a perfect cocktail right there. That's it. Well, I want to say some stores have gotten in trouble for having, like, not necessarily funhouse mirrors, but fucking with the lighting in the mirror a little bit to make you look better when you try shit on in their store versus when you get home and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. 100%. Know? Even, yeah. like, grocery stores do that. They'll put bright lights onto basically, like, um 
movie lights onto like fruit produce and stuff like that that makes it look better but then you get it home you're like what the fuck this oh you can frames of all time why do you think that when you walk into the produce section you hear thunder and all of a sudden everything starts like getting misted yeah whatever it's It's because the vegetables react better whenever they hear thunder and lightning right and they think it's really rain yeah and that's what so alex jones does it he frames everything in a way that like again that it's a battle against good and evil and uh, that you're on the good side if you are like buying into what his conspiracy is. So like, let's take one example that he was doing at this time, which was the Oklahoma City bombing. It's a pretty open and shut case to anybody with a functioning brain, okay? Terry Nichols and Timothy McVeigh organized and executed the plan to blow up the uh, government building there in Oklahoma City. They had the motive. Anger over the incident at the Branch Davidian compound outcome in Waco and the Ruby Ridge incident in 1992, both incidents in which they felt the federal government had overstepped its boundaries in a violent way that cost innocent lives. McVeigh even timed his attack to coincide with the second anniversary of the fire that ended the siege at the Branch Davidian compound. The official FBI investigation known as like OK Bomb involved 28,000 interviews, 3.5 tons of of evidence and like nearly one billion pieces of information okay open and shut case johnson yeah they obviously did a very extensive investigation in yeah this. it wasn't just shoot from the hip i remember when this happened i was currently serving an in-school suspension term for some dumb shit i had done i think i was in middle school oh wow and uh yeah that's my my biggest memory is uh yeah this happening when i was in in-school suspension and it was on the news and yeah that's that was my takeaway from it. There you go. Yeah. I do remember them bringing the TV out. This was the eighth grade. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, hey, here you go. They pulled the TV out. And I it didn't really register how big of a deal this was. I was just kind of like, oh, this is, this is kind of fucked up. But yeah. <clears throat> but like I said, so they, the, you know, the story is pretty much open and shut. You know what happened. Everybody knows what happened. At a certain point, Timothy McVeigh was very proud of what he did. Yeah. They have plenty of interviews with him going on at length of why he did what he did. But Alex Jones doesn't see it that way. You see, he read a book one time about the Third Reich. And in that book, there was a section that described the most famous false flag operation of all time, the Reichstag fire, a fire which was most likely set by the Nazis in order to suspend civil liberties, demonize and ultimately purge the socialists and communists from the German government and pave the way for Nazi political dominance. This is true. That happened, right? And even then, it's not even 100% sure that the Nazis actually burned down the Reichstag to do this, but it seems very plausible. Sure, sure, sure. And that incident is the lens through which Alex Jones views every major occurrence in the world. Terrorist attack equals false flag because government equals Nazis. Seriously, in his mind and in the mind of many people, government of any kind is something to be inherently mistrusted. Nothing happens randomly. Everything is planned by some sort of cabal that makes these things happen, right? You can't have a Timothy McVeigh, some dude that's pissed off about what happened at Ruby Ridge and Waco that manages to make a fertilizer bomb and blow up some random fucking, uh, you know, Murray federal building. building. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. In Oklahoma City, it's, it's, it's obviously a, a master plot to change everything. And then when he can point back to a historical incident that a lot of his audience might not be initially familiar with, that lends the conspiracy some level of credibility. Well, it happened before, right? So it's happening again. The government is always guilty until proven innocent. Yeah. Yeah. You basically. Know? Yeah. It's like the Reichstag fire. 
You know, and this then, is uh, just like it, even though it's not. But it's just like it. Go, go research yourself. That's it. But you don't have to take my word for it. Oh, you yeah, know, yeah. Lavar Burton. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at that point, the audience gets cycled into the tribal aspect of it. They are the smart ones. They're the ones in the know. It's all in the history books. Do your research. Look it up. Reichstag fire. Ever heard of it? Huh? And everyone else in their lives is just dumb sheep. The sheeple. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I've had my own family members call me a sheep because I didn't buy into these things because they're so sure of themselves. I've had friends call me sheep. Yeah. You know, because uh, numerous times. And they always, Reichstag fire, Operation Northwoods. You ever heard of this <laughs> shit? But also, it certainly doesn't hurt if this person is like the person that's buying into this conspiracy. If they're a bit insecure about their station in life, maybe they've been told that they're not the brightest or the most accomplished or whatever. Well, now they have validation that they are indeed smart because they figured out how the world really works. And as it turns out, apparently, the world itself is Manichaean in nature, like good versus evil, like no shades of gray. And now that they know that they're on the good side and that this is a fight to the death against true evil, well, what else are you going to do? Right. Yep. That's the recipe, dude. And it's extremely effective. Don't believe me? Go ask your crazy uncle who confidently talks about fucking lizard people and QAnon. Go ask your friend who unironically brings up jet fuel's inability to melt steel beams. Like, it's for real, dude. It's a very easy, like, recipe to get people into this shit. You know, and there are incidents, you know, out there, like you've stated, that, you know, that there are sometimes when there is uh, a a, small kernel of truth. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. But, you know, you can't apply that to every single situation. That's right. just not logical right. by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. Conspiracies absolutely happen. Yeah. Like, and we'll definitely cover conspiracies that are actual factual when we do some of these conspiracy courts. It's not just going to be us making fun of like, oh, everybody that believes in a conspiracy is insane. That's not what I'm saying. It's just that like it's a disconnect from True critical thinking to just believe that everything is a, is a conspiracy. Right. Yeah, that's not you critical know what I'm thinking. And it feels like they, they intentionally try to find the conspiracy yes. aspect of any situation. Right. They set the narrative first. Yeah. And then they research it based on like confirming that conspiracy. And like everything else is just trash. It's, oh, oh yeah, that's propaganda. Yeah. And that's what was so frustrating for me a lot of times with like friends that I had where I was like, I understand where you're coming from. But look, man, here's some other stuff. And if it didn't fit that narrative, they're immediately out of the gate. They're yeah. just like, oh, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. You're going to buy into that? You believe that? Yeah. And you're like, I mean, yeah, it's hard to just not say, flip the script on them and be like, you buy into this? Well, yeah. And that, but it doesn't, it doesn't, again, no. you're the sheep. Yeah. You're the sheep. I, I saw it on it's not a hoax.com. Yeah. All right. And this is, you know, look, I was on InfoWars last week. It's and true. I saw this. And it's I true. read all about it. And are you are the uneducated one? Yeah, I'll have you know. I've done my research. You're like, but your research is shit. Yeah, like if you can't put this in like a like an undergrad paper, it's not research, <laughs> dude. Like that, there are like legitimate sources, and that's the thing that I always want to get into with people like this. Is I'm like, you have to really consider your sources. Yeah, like it's very easy to confirm whatever you want to believe. And this is what a lot of these people do. It's gotten even easier as uh, information has become more readily available to us through the Internet. You can find anything that supports what you want to think. It's true. And a big piece of that is that guys like Alex Jones demonize legitimate media, legitimate research. Because they're like, like, oh, that's the mainstream media. Don't listen to them or whatever. You're like, no, 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 no. I get that. There's certainly problems there. But 
you know, there is like journalistic integrity and things like that that matter to these people. And a lot of times they're just doing a job to start like research things. You're like the, your sources are not doing that. Right. They're yeah. starting from a narrative and building on top of that. Anyway, at the radio show, Alex continues like honing this recipe. But like in the very early aughts, he runs afoul of his corporate overlords when he starts applying the Reichstag lens to the 9-11 attacks. His show, the radio show he started out in Austin, at this point is actually in syndication already at the time. So it's on radio stations all over the country. He begins losing a lot of those stations that feel like the 9-11 was an inside job take. It's just a bit much a right touchy. after the attacks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But instead of choosing to tone it down or retract the theory, Jones ramps it up and begins his transition from radio to the internet in earnest. And this is where Alex Jones' tenure as a household name truly begins. Buddy, your score is too low. That person was definitely a giant asshole, and you rated them like they were Justin Bieber. Wouldn't you like to tell us what you think? Well, now you can. Check us out on all of our social media pages and tell us what you think about our scores, shows, and good looks. We'd love to hear what you think. Pucker up, Buttercup. It's back to asshole court. Around 2005, a, quote, documentary, and I use that term extremely loosely, was released to the internet. Titled Loose Change, this film would end up being viewed tens, if not hundreds of millions of times. It was arguably the first internet movie blockbuster, right? And for those of you not familiar with what Loose Change is, it's a movie that purports to prove that 9-11 was an inside job, a false flag operation committed by the U.S. government in order to provoke endless war in the Middle East to benefit the military-industrial complex and the oil industry. Now, I'm not going to get into too much detail on this movie or the conspiracy theory itself because odds are, at some point, we'll cover it in a Conspiracy Court episode, but it is like kind of the point where conspiracy theories go sort of mainstream in my opinion mm -hmm. you know it stops being like some sort of random thing that some random public access tv on yeah. to uh you know a highly watched youtube yeah, yeah certainly stops being your uncle at the table at dinner and now it's kind of like you it's you him it and other people now yeah, yeah. there's yeah. more yeah so like why did loose change get so big is it because it was like an outstanding documentary film no not at all in fact, the movie had so many glaring errors, both seemingly intentional and also as a result of shoddy research, that there were multiple versions that had to be released to correct for errors and expound on like remaining theories that had yet to be disproven. There's like legitimately like seven versions of this where they just sort of like, oh, well, that was wrong. But they never say we were wrong about that. They just move on to the next conspiracy. Is all of his stuff covered under free speech? Yeah. Because it feels like you get to a certain point where... You're putting people on the carpet. You're calling people out. You're making these fucking crazy accusations yeah. that could incite fear, violence, all that kind of stuff. You know, you think of like harmful verbiage. Sure. Like you, you can't threaten the president in any way, shape Correct. or form. Right. That's not protected under free speech. And right. I feel like a lot of his shit toes that line big time. Right. Yeah. yeah. You, you can maneuver that way. And it also was unfortunate, too. And this is one of the first things that happened with like loose change is that people that were quoted in the actual documentary were pissed off because they were like, you took this out of context. This is not what I was saying. You're like putting this out there as if this was just a conversation you had with me where you're like cherry picking things I yep, said yep. in order to fit the narrative again that you started with in the first place. You're taking two sentences out of 10 paragraphs and using it to fit your narrative. Yeah, dude. But like, so 
two things occurred to make this film and conspiracy theories in general like take hold in the American social fabric, in my personal opinion. Okay. One was the rise of the internet and social media. Just about to say, yeah. yep. <clears throat> Conspiracies have always been around, right? But anyone who spent a lot of time with them or their communities back then required access to like little newsletters that were printed up and mailed around. Like you couldn't just put them out there. You had to like find people that thought about this. And then there were like little newsletters that you could pick up. And then Henry make, Ford. And yes. uh, what was it called? The Dearborn. Dearborn. Yeah. 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 We, and, and we, we touched about that, that on the Henry Ford episode. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, you were looking for like the conspiracy club rotary meetings and stuff like yeah. that. You had to have access to, you had to be on that mailing list. Yeah. You never thought about that stuff until you actually found someone. And then you're like, oh, that makes sense. So the like the sort of contagion of that was much, much, much smaller. It was like in the ad section of Hustler magazines or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right next to the, the horse fucking where you're like, is this even legal? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was. But somehow it would just be some chick standing next to a horse and you're like, I got to go back to the front of this magazine. <laughs> <laughs> Now, with the internet, you could put a whole movie online for free and wait while people stumbled across it during their daily internet surfing. And the second thing was what basically amounts to a kind of like a 9-11 hangover for the whole country. Like around 2004, 2005, a lot of the country was starting to realize that they had signed up like for a disastrous war in Iraq over a then verifiable lie that Saddam had like usable WMDs and that they were somehow involved in 9-11. And a lot of people were like legitimately angry about that situation. Yeah, you know what I'm of course, because that's what was used to convince the entire American population that this is our, our reason to go to war. Yeah. And then we get there and they're like, we, we have irrefutable evidence and yeah. it's there. And then we get there and we can't find anything. And I mean, that was that was a big blow to a yeah. lot of the American public. Yeah. I mean, I remember specifically nobody. You can't find somebody now that will say that they supported the Iraq war. But I remember it. I remember it, and I I remember I supported it. I, I did. Re I remember going down to, to Brazil, and I was speaking with my cousins at the time, and they're like, how can you get behind this? And I was like, look, and, and this was in 2006 when I was down there. Right. And I was like, look, our president came on to the, onto the TV and like at a time that we were very vulnerable and was like, we have irrefutable evidence. Colin this is Powell what showed doing. up at the UN and was like, look at this. This is what's happening. You know what I'm saying? You know, and so, I mean, like, we were charged at that time. You know, yeah. we wanted to blame somebody. We wanted to point the finger and we did. Yeah. And then, you know, it came out really clearly that the wool was pulled over our yeah. eyes. You know, so it's like, yeah, a lot of us were for it. But then yeah. once we actually got the actual yeah. evidence... We changed our mind like scientists are supposed to do when they propose Correct. theories, mm -hmm. you know. I remember watching the, I remember I actually was on the phone with Randy when uh, it was shock and awe and we were like, holy shit, check this out. Yeah. These motherfuckers are getting it. We're getting then, those WMDs, And man. I look back on it in a way I'm just like, that is fucking horrible, dude. I feel so bad about that. Like, and this is the thing, it's like, but at the time, the poll numbers for support of the Iraq war were incredibly high up until the invasion of March of 2003. And then it all sort of came out. And then, so this is a time where people feel like that they were lied to by the government because they fucking were. Yeah. Okay. Fuels the fire a little bit. That's right. They felt deceived and like rightly so, dude. And sets the stage perfectly. And in the midst of this internet boom and general state of mistrust, well-deserved mistrust, a free film comes along and tells them that there was a grander narrative to it all. Iraq and the global war on terror were part of a plan all along. And 9-11 was the catalyst planned and executed entirely by the Bush administration. A lot of people light that shit up, man. And I'm not like going to lie, dude. On the surface of it, it made sense because the blunder of the Iraq invasion in hindsight 
seems so absurd now. Of You're course. Like, why would you possibly waste that many trillions of dollars for a war that you could never win when this could have gone to something else and for what? You got nothing out of it anyways. Now you just bred, you just stirred up a hornet's nest of terrorists and shit like that. And like I said, I'll readily admit to watching Loose Change in 2005 and feeling like something was off, right? Like I was like, this is, this is interesting. This is weird. It seemed like somewhat plausible on my first watch through, but I decided to look into it a little bit more, dude. I, I couldn't help myself. And I like, it didn't take me long to step away from the whole conspiracy fairly quickly. Sure. But a lot of people didn't. And like a lot of people not only believed it, they actively promoted it. And it's in this environment that Alex Jones is building his conspiracy internet media empire. Of course. Right place, right time. Yeah. Sounds like people are lazy too, right? Like, That's true. To your point, you went and did the research to kind of educate yourself on all the stuff you just heard about and say, well, what do I really believe? Okay, this doesn't sound plausible. Right. But a lot of folks watch one thing and like, well, that's yeah. the narrative. That's the truth. Do your research. Sort of, yeah. Do well, the research. And you get an emotional attachment to it. Yep. And so some earlier, if you feel like that you've figured something out that nobody else has, that's very like important to somebody. Of course. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, you cling to that in times of turmoil. Sure. Right. You know, you will cling to something that actually makes sense in your head, even if it's just completely absurd. Right. You know? But you feel like you found out something that nobody else could have. Sure. And you're and he, on the cutting edge. And all those people in life that didn't think that you were like smart or whatever, now you can lord that over them and right. be like, you're the idiot, dumbass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now, like, Alex Jones didn't have anything to do with that documentary initially. He ended up actually producing like the 17th version of it later on or whatever. He was featured in some of the early episodes or whatever, or the early uh, versions of it. But what he does is he takes the loose change model and he starts releasing his own documentaries things like Endgame, blueprint for global enslavement and then later on it was the, the obama deception he releases them online and these documentaries effectively serve as advertisements for his websites infowars and prison planet and his daily show that he posts on them right people find alex jones and his outfit from these movies and they filter over to his websites to hear more about the conspiracies sure now, in addition to the conspiracy movies he has, he's selling merchandise like shirts and hats and stickers and whatnot on these sites. And he's also selling supplements, which is a great cross-promotion since he regularly rails against big pharma and the medical field. And don't get me wrong, like there are definitely issues with the pharmaceutical industry, right? Like oh, I have no, no qualms about saying that. It's crazy how the U.S. is the only country that allows pharmaceutical advertisements on TV. It's true. And it's insane how many there are. Yes. I mean, good it's, it's, Lord. It's got to be, I mean, this is pulling a number out of my ass, but it feels like it's got to be 20 to 30% of ads you see on TV. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And one thing that I've noticed lately is that you know, forever you, they had to give every side effect, you know, and you'd sit there. It's like, we'll give gonorrhea, bleeding of the eyes, uh, anal. It's uh, always anal diarrhea, dripping, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. But now as it's moved on, I, I feel like lobbyists or something have gotten in there because it's like, check our website for all of the side effects and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. That's like because there's too many. They don't have time. It's a 30 second ad. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, don't get don't, don't get me wrong. Pharmaceutical industry has it needs. Yeah, we'll eventually do an episode on. The, the family that did Oxycontin and stuff yeah. like that. And that's, yeah. that'll be a, a deep dive because they've ruined lives. Don't oh. get me wrong on that. The Sacklers? Well, it's crazy. Yeah, it's because, correct. The Sackler uh, family. If you look at the one drug, Humera, you guys ever heard it? I'm sure you've of heard course. of Humera. Of course. I've seen a million commercials. It has like 
10 different uses. Yeah. Like it's not only for like its main purpose, but they found other benefits that it can cause or I guess help. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like, it feels like, oh, this is penicillin. It'll yeah. fucking cure everything. Yeah. But yeah. Well, I mean, Viagra, effects, Viagra wasn't meant for boners initially. It was for like uh, blood pressure medicine, I think for like babies or some shit like that. And then they're like, oh, it keeps giving these babies boners. And uh, then <laughs> I was like, on old men. Who See was what documenting that? <laughs> Baby boners. Nobody quote me on that. I know, that, I know, I know that it was, I know that it wasn't related to uh, boners initially. But anyway, it's the point though that I'm that I'm making here is that yes, pharmaceutical industry has all sorts of problems. But for real, like Alex Jones has literally zero background in the medical field. You know what I'm saying? So like I am unsure as to how anybody would ever like make him a trusted expert on so many things that people would ingest into their bodies, but they definitely do to the tune of 15 to 25 million dollars every year according to an investigation done by New York Magazine based on what the shit he's selling on Infowars or whatever. And they're buying things like Anthroplex, which the container claims that it, like, quote, works synergistically with a powerful super male vitality formula in order to help restore your masculine foundation and stimulate vitality with its own blend of unique ingredients. Or they're buying something called Brain Force Neural Activator. Like, this shit sounds like a bad sci-fi fucking movie writer. And people are like, my fucking brain force is neurally activated. And I have figured out that the Illuminati is what caused my fucking erectile dysfunction. Rodriguez, bring me the brain force optimizer. <laughs> that's it, dude. It's so it's so pandering, so schlocky. Anybody that's buying this shit is dumb as fuck. Hey, listeners, if you're buying this shit, you're dumb as fuck. Stop. I don't I don't care if you never Stop listen it. to the show again. Yeah. So like I also just want to point out once again that we once again have a grifter that is slinging dietary supplements because they always sell dietary supplements. At least Dr. Oz had a, a background in medicine. It's true. I would listen to Dr. Oz initially until I was like, wait a second, you totally went off the rails here. Yeah, if he was <laughs> Dr. Jones and had some bit of fucking, you know, education and history and background yeah. in this stuff, maybe you could buy into it a little bit, but he's I'm not Dr. I'm telling Jones. you right now, brain neural enforcement enhancer, I learned about this in my freshman class at Austin Community College. Uh, once I realized what the power was, I quit college because I was going to sell brain neural enforcement power. <laughs> Obama is the devil. <laughs> Everyone's the devil except for me and my friends. Where's his birth certificate? Blah, yeah, I'm telling you. But yeah, it's with the website and the merch and the dietary supplements that Alex Jones becomes pretty fucking wealthy, dude. Like, now I looked this up, like, you know, we, uh, we've talked about this a number of times. Internet net worth things are sort of bogus sometimes. Yeah, You're yeah, not yeah. sure. But most of them have them in between five and ten million dollars, and that's post-divorce. We'll get into the divorce thing a little bit later. But let's be honest: like the supplements and the merch, they're all ancillary. People are buying them, sure, but they're clicking over to Infowars and Prison Planet to hear Alex Jones' worldview. Those sweet, sweet conspiracies. So let's take a moment here to point out some of the conspiracy highlights, shall we? Because trust me, a lot of these aren't sure run-of-the-mill Kennedy was killed by the CIA type conspiracies. It was the man on the grassy knoll. That's it. He was a CIA operative. Did you know that the Pentagon has been devising a gay bomb intended to turn the population gay at will? Oh, really? I was yeah. unaware of this. Yeah. Alex Jones, direct quote here. Quote, the reason there's so many gay people now is because it's a chemical warfare operation. And I have the government documents where they said they're going to encourage homosexuality with chemicals so that people don't have children. 
Oh, it's population control, huh? Yes. Worse still, Jones would later say that he had verifiable proof that the government was releasing chemicals into the water supply and turning the freaking frogs gay. Further adding, quote, the majority of frogs in most areas of the United States are now gay. He never released evidence of this, and I'm not sure how he would know about the majority of American frogs' sexual orientation unless he was uh, starting to see them on his frequent grinder app sessions. <laughs> now, side note here, Colonel of Truth, of course, always. In 1994, a government lab did request funds to pursue a development of a weapon that would turn enemy combatants gay, though the project was quickly shelved and no such weapon was developed. A 2013 uh, report in Gizmodo notes that the same lab also requested funding for, quote, bad breath bombs, flatulence bombs, and bombs designed to attract swarms of stinging insects to enemy combatants, end quote, noting that the gay bomb is certainly the most novel. <laughs> or the fart guns. Oh, yes. the, fart, on, the fart bomb is real. Because, all right, so you guys remember... Crystal or White Castle for... Uh, we, we, you guys remember the stink bombs back in the day, right? The of little, course, like, yeah. plastic glass little vials that somebody would break and smell like rotten eggs. Yeah. Now they come in a bag. Are you Ugh. guys familiar with this? No. Of course, my son had his buddies over for a sleepover one night, and all of a sudden I was like, what the fuck is that smell? And I went back in his room, and they were back there just dying laughing, and it smelled like eggs. So they fucking suicided bombed themselves there with a fart bomb? These idiots fucking popped the screen off of the my son's window, and it's a bag. It's literally a bag you rip open, and it just emanates this fucking Sulfur. stank. Yeah. yeah. and uh, Fun. Yeah. So the fart, the fart bombs in a bag, they're real. Good job, that, lab. That's it. Yeah. Well, that's another thing, too, because like the one they always bring up in 9-11 conspiracies is Operation Northwoods, which was like, hey, we're going to um, make it look like a plane was going to get hijacked and, and, and crash into somewhere and we blame it on Cuba. But that's the thing is like, if you understand that a lot of this is like sort of brainstorming sessions at like the Pentagon and stuff like that, it doesn't mean that there's any actual like follow through on this. There's just like spitball hey, and firing we, from the hip here. And, and it being a government organization, they document everything and probably in triplicate. So it's yeah. just like, <laughs> yeah, they, there was like, yeah, they were like, yeah, let's try to do a gay bomb, <laughs> which is whatever. All right. On to the next conspiracy. Did you know that fucking Satanists are taking over the U.S. government? Totally. According to Jones' worldview, the coming New World Order is a, quote, demonic high-tech tyranny formed by Satanist elites who manufacture economic and health crises and are using selective breeding to create a supreme race. This covered a lot of people in the government, people like Hillary Clinton. And also, did you know that Robert Mueller of the uh, Trump-Russian investigation fame well, he's actually a fucking demon. Like, not a metaphor, like a, that guy's a demon. Like an actual demon demon. <laughs> Alex Jones says that guy's a demon. He said, quote, He is now the king of the swamp, the literal swamp king creature. Come to kill America. He went on saying, Everybody's so scared of Mueller. They let Mueller rape kids in front of people, which he did. Uh, Jones is saying, <laughs> say, Time out. I didn't hear wait, about what? that. Yeah. <laughs> he toned it down a little bit later in the broadcast, noting that, quote, the word is he doesn't have sex with kids. He just controls it all. Can you imagine being a monster like that? It's always about fucking kids and stuff like that. And again, now we'll cover this too, because there are sincerely, there are pedophile rings that occur in the world. Oh yeah, 100%. Are, yeah. Uh, and we covered that in Epstein a little bit where yes. he would film people 
fucking minors, you know, and then use that as leverage against people. But now yeah. that's the whole government conspiracy that, you know, they have their secret club and yeah. you have to fuck minors in front of everybody. So yeah. that way they all hold their secrets together. But yeah. to say the guy's a demon, when I hear demon, I think of like uh, little Nikki. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like Popeye's yeah. chicken fucking <laughs> that, rules. That guy, exactly. That's what I think of when I hear demon. Like, you yeah. got fucking horns and melted skin, and you look like a fucking alien. Yeah, you know? Robert Mueller didn't even want that job. He was like, fuck, man. I mean, I guess I'll take it. He's like, fucking demon. I can smell the sulfur. He said that one time, about like, you know, it's... It's crazy. He literally is a guy talking about like this is like that's the thing though. But like to his audience that believes into this uh, this type of shit, like of uh, uh, certain members of like my family that I've talked to, like it's no joke. They really think that it's like a spiritual warfare thing. And you're like, well, shit, yeah. And it's easy to point someone out that isn't on your side and be like, he's a devil. Or again, remember Manichaean nature of their argument is that it is. Only good, only evil. And it's a battle between the two forces. I I think there's a lot of layers to it because in society in general, I think we are becoming less and less like religious based. That's very true. Right. That's that's statistically provable. Right. So exactly. So a lot of the very far alt-right guys are highly religious, right? Believe Mm -hmm. in, you know, just the very strict code of the Bible and they're just yeah. extremely religious. So it's a you, culture war. When you do see a number of, you know, percentage points of America going towards not necessarily atheists, but just yeah. way less religious than we yeah. used to be because people actually have their own thoughts and read this sure. and like, I don't know if I'm buying into all this right yeah, now. Exactly. That's where kind of the basis I think might come from. Is yeah, sure. We're all Satanists. We're demons. Hillary well, Clinton's a demon. And if, if, if you Mueller are- was in little Nikki. If you, yeah, it's true. Uh, if you are in that sort of camp that is really like you're shocked that people are moving away from the religion that you're buying into. So it feels like, well, there has to be a there reason. There has to be a reason. Right. Yeah, there has to be something deeper than this. And now it's a spiritual warfare thing and they're winning. So, I mean, it's interesting, too. But it's not just political leaders that he's claiming are like actively seeking a satanic supremacy in the United States. No. Even some of the entertainers of our of our culture are getting in on that good old Satanism. Lady Gaga, for instance, Jones said of Gaga's uh, Super Bowl appearance in 2017, quote, she wears meat suits and does all these rituals. And the organizers of the Super Bowl are deciding to defile America and break our will by having us bow down to this. They say she's going to stand on top of the stadium, ruling over everyone with drones everywhere, surveilling everyone in a big swarm to just condition them to say, I am the goddess of Satan, ruling over them with the rise of the robots and a ritual of lesser magic. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Man. That's a fucking quote. I wish I was making this up, dude, but that's an actual, actual quote. Like, it's wow. And if you go back to performers. I mean, shit, when Elvis Presley went on the Ed Sullivan show, like people thought just him swiveling his hips mm-hmm. was like a big, oh my God, don't look at this kid. You know Swinging what I mean? my hips. Yeah. <laughs> Every generation since then, performers have gone to the next level to try yeah. and get attention. It's like yeah. part of the show. That was her deal. Lady Gaga, as I like to call her. That's it, Gaga. Um, yeah, she was taking it to the next level, wearing the meat suit, you know. Well, it was she- weird. It was different, but. That was her shit for that show. Whatever. Well, for the 2017 Super Bowl, she definitely went that extra step because uh, she would open up her evil set with the darkly satanic medley of God bless America and this land is your land. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, you know. Now, look, like a lot of people probably find this type of shit amusing and it is in like a weird way. 
it's so outlandish that it's hard to take it seriously if you're a normal person. Now, a lot of people do take it seriously, which is unfortunate. But now I'm going to set aside the borderline amusing conspiracies, Jones Petals, the gay frogs and the Lady Gaga Satan Super Bowl and get into the conspiracy theory that has had the most negative real world impact. On December 14th, 2012, Adam Lanza, a troubled 20 year old, murdered his mother, drove to Sandy Hook Elementary School and shot 20 children aged six to seven years old yeah, and six adult staff members before turning the gun on himself. Total of 26 people he murdered yeah. at the school and then yeah. turned it on himself. That's what happened. That's yeah. what fucking happened. But remember, in that giant noggin of Alex Jones, everything is a Reichstag fire moment. And true to form, he immediately begins spouting nonsense that the massacre at Sandy Hook Elementary was a false flag operation committed by the government to facilitate laws to take everyone's guns away. Now, Jones had been running his dick sucker about false flags forever, so would this one really be any different? Yes. Because in this case, he accused the parents of the Sandy Hook victims of being crisis actors hired by the government. I remember this. I do remember this. And they kept showing the same guy that was at, you know, either on the Sandy Hook interview and then was on another interview with some sort of like shooter thing. I remember the basis behind this, Mm -hmm. these statements. Yeah. And again, it kind of goes back to what I was talking about when I gave his initial score. He turns the victims into essentially the culprits yeah. in some of these instances. Certainly. Yeah, that's just with, fucked, dude. With no regard for yeah. any of their emotions Certainly. or what they're dealing with. What they're dealing with, yeah. Here's a direct quote from Alex Jones. Quote, Sandy Hook is a synthetic, completely fake with actors, in my view, manufactured. I couldn't believe it at first. I knew they had actors there, clearly, but I thought they killed some real kids. And it just shows how bold they are, that they are clearly like using actors. Folks, we've got video of Anderson Cooper with clear blue screen out there. He's not there in the town square. We've got people clearly coming up and laughing and then doing the fake crying. We've clearly got people where it's actors playing different parts of different people. I've looked at it, and undoubtedly, there's a cover-up. There's actors. They're manipulating. They've been caught lying, and they were pre-planning it before it. And then they rolled out with it. End quote. See, that's my problem with him. He states everything as just fact. Yeah. You know what I mean? And what this a dumb fact, too. Like, CNN can afford to fly anybody anywhere they want to. And you're going to make some weird-ass shit about, like, Anderson Cooper has to go out there and have a blue screen behind him. Like, they couldn't afford to fly him, like, with a 30 miles to fucking <laughs> Newtown. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. I mean, with the personal just disregard for... Anybody that's involved in that situation, he's doing it for ratings. He's doing it for the show. And fuck that guy. I, yeah. I don't like I don't like that at all. Well, his dumbass followers, being the dumbasses that they are, they decided that the best course of action would be to harass the parents of the murdered fucking children. The most famous is a man named Wolfgang Halbig. This guy has harassed the family members of every murdered child there. He uh, has asked for photo evidence of their child's death. Asked them to exhume the bodies to prove their story and requested receipts for the cleanup of, quote, bodily fluids, brain matter, skull fragments, and around 45 to 60 gallons of blood, end quote. This guy is fucking disgusting, dude. And his name is Wolfgang. Yeah. Yeah. And it isn't as if Halbig is just some conspiracy fan that's out there on the fringe because Jones actually invited him onto his show multiple times to talk about what he described as, quote, this alleged tragedy. See, that's what I don't like. 
He sits there and he gets his people to basically, it's like a call to arms. And they come out there and they are using his word as the Bible. And they are going out there and being his foot soldiers for no, and they have no respect for anything that's going on. Right. You know, I mean, these parents are sitting there like mourning their children, the loss of it. And then they've got some fucking crack nut knocking on their door. Hey, I need to see your fucking receipts for the funeral home. You're an actor. You're an actor. You know, like, fuck that, man. Give you a receipt. Show up to my door. That's what I'm saying. I mean, dude, like the harassment got so bad that some of the parents were actually doxxed. Like, they had their information put out online to all these conspiracy people. Many of them went into hiding to avoid random abuse that came from Sandy Hook conspiracy idiots, and one of the parents, Jeremy Richmond, committed suicide. See, that's what I'm fucking talking Jesus, about. Man. Fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fuck this guy, dude. And he wants to claim now that he's like, he's like I never I never said that. You absolutely did. It's all on fucking, it's all on tape. Everybody knows what it is, dude. Well, he had like a 20 minutes uh, or 60 minutes interview. And, Should have only been 20 minutes long. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. But and they were like, look, you said all this, you know, and but now you've come out and you said that, you know, none of this was true. But while you were spouting all this, you were like, I have the evidence and I'm going to release it yeah. and all this stuff. But you never did. And yeah. you were you were spouting it off like you had. And he, and he always he's like, you know what? I, you know, I, I, I was going off the information that the callers were giving me at the time. But you're and, inviting them on the show, too. You're not yeah, doing exactly. your research. You again, what we're talking about. You laid out a narrative that you like, and then you brought people in who are not experts in any way. Yeah. And then to promote that narrative at the cost of these poor fucking people's lives, dude. Sounds and a lot like s- Mike Lindell on his recent cyber yes. symposium yeah. where yeah, I have exactly. the proof. I'm going to release it. Yeah. Oh, wait. We got hacked yeah. uh, before I was able to release the information. And uh, yeah. you wind up just standing there holding the bag, looking like a fucktard. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but they don't they even always care. They're shameless. Yeah. We, and we've talked about that before, even when we were talking about way back when we were talking about Pat Robertson, about how his, like he got caught in a lie and uh, about when he was talking about like, oh, the world will end. God told me it's going to end at this point. And like we were saying, like, you know, if we for some reason thought God was talking to us, we would immediately go seek help. But if we didn't, then we would also like lay it out there. And then when it didn't happen, we would like like skitter off into the darkness to never be fucking bothered again. But they just... They're Double not, down at that point. Yeah, no shame. Exactly, dude. And that's what I'm getting at. Like, these conspiracy theories aren't harmless, dude. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. not... Jones isn't promoting the, like, Bermuda Triangle or the, like, or Bigfoot or the Loch Ness Monster. He's focusing in on real individuals who are at the lowest point in their life. And, like, any life, to be honest. And I can't imagine losing my son violently like that and then having to run through a gauntlet of fucking stupid keyboard conspiracists goaded on by a guy trying to sell supplements. I would fucking lose it, dude. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. My son's gone. I may kill you, dude. And this isn't me being like, I'm a badass. It's just like, I would just like, I couldn't, I don't, I don't know if I could deal with that. You're in a fragile state of mind. And the only thing that you have at that point is your community. And a lot of these people are like having to sh- isolate themselves from the community, not for fear of the community, yeah. but for, for fear of his community yep. coming at them. You know, I'm sure these people moved from the, you know, where they lived and stuff like that. They had to hide. To, yeah, exactly. You know, that's ugh. which brings me to the idea, actually, of whether or not Alex Jones is a true believer in what he's saying or just a 21st century con man with conspiracy as his religion to hawk. Flim Flam Man. That's yeah, right. he's a modern day Flim Flam, Flim man. Flam man. Because a few years ago, 
His longtime wife, Kelly, got fed up with his shit and filed for divorce, citing that he was, quote, not a stable person. She further added, quote, I'm concerned that he is engaged in felonious behavior, threatening a member of Congress, which was Adam Schiff at the time. She says he broadcasts from home. The children are there watching him broadcast. How did Alex and his attorney respond to her claims of his derangement? Well, his attorney argued that Alex Jones was merely, quote, playing a character and that he was not like his internet radio persona in his real life at all. He went so far as to say, quote, judging Jones by his InfoWars performances would be like judging Jack Nicholson by his depiction of the Joker on Batman. Are you kidding me? Nope. Dead serious. This Jesus. is all legal documents. He actually is, his attorney is saying that this is all a fucking farce. And he's bringing people on and harassing people whose kids were fucking murdered horribly. Yeah. And another anecdote that would lead a rational person to question the sincerity with which Jones hawks his conspiracies and general worldview comes from none other than a former employee, a guy named Josh Owens. This guy basically wrote a long like mea culpa in New York Times Magazine for his participation in so much of Alex Jones' bullshit. And it's actually a pretty fascinating read. Like if you have a t- if you have time, go read it. It's it's definitely worth it. He lays out among other things Jones' penchant for drinking vodka and driving. He details Infowars' journalistic efforts, which basically consist of finding whatever they can to support a preconceived narrative chosen by Jones, which we already covered. He talks about a time in which a drunk Jones almost shot him at a firing range, <coughs> Ted Nugent, <laughs> and uh, another time when Jones, drunk again, shot a bison multiple times with a handgun until a hunting guide screamed at him and handed him a high-powered rifle to end the animal suffering properly. And most importantly, he details why he left Infowars, the Sandy Hook conspiracy, right, and some other stuff too, but that was a big part of it. Apparently, a lot of the staff at InfoWars was also very uncomfortable with Jones' take on how he was handling the the Sandy Hook shit. Good. Especially after the harassment of the victim's parents started. But no matter what they said, Jones continued to push forward with the crisis actor's false flag conspiracy. Jones noted that a lot of the uh, employees knew that it was going to be tough to get jobs after their tenure at such a polarizing organization, which is why he stayed on for as long as he did. And he says that they were also paid very well. And he also said that at times, Jones could be a nice guy. Like at one point, he actually like paid for somebody's like cancer treatment and stuff like that. So, you know, he's not like some diabolical, horrible monster. It's just whatever it is, you know. It's just when the cameras turn on or the microphone turns on. Yeah. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Correct. And he said, but, you know, even if he was nice, uh, most of the time he was not. He was a sort of a, a brutish bully of a boss, even going so far as once to issue a memo eliminating laughing in the office. I have a hard time working there because I cut up. Yeah. That's the only way they get through the day. Yeah. Yeah, right. But yeah, Jones was like yelling at everybody saying he's like, we're in a warfare. You know, this this is an absolute war. This isn't time to joke around. So whatever. But one day in April of 2017, a disillusioned Owens decided that enough was enough and he quit without notice. He ended up taking a job that paid him 75% less. Wow. And he was happy to do it. He said he was like, whatever, dude. And according to him, Jones called him two days later to see about having him come back. After Owens explained that he was just tired of doing the work and tired of the whole thing, he said that Jones opened up in a surprise moment of candor and said, quote, let me tell you a little secret. I don't like it anymore either. I don't want to do it anymore. And I got all these people working for me. And, you know, then I feel guilty. 
I don't want to do it. You think I want to keep doing this? I haven't wanted to do this for five years, man. End quote. Right now, I don't know which is worse: a charlatan who preys on the borderline, like mentally ill for profit, or a crackpot that actually believes in his own brand of like uh, lunacy. I mean, it's one thing that you know, like I understand it from the sense of you know, you've got this machine going and you want to keep it going to keep everybody. You know, you don't want to put people out of jobs and stuff like that. But you can tone it down a little bit. You don't have to be going after people like in the Sandy Hook massacre. There's plenty of stuff out there like the fucking frog bombs, you know, yeah. or the gay fro- go- yeah. the gay frog bombs. Bigfoot. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's plenty of conspiracies out Fine, there. Fun ones. You know what I mean? And but yeah, to like you'll find on our new episodes of conspiracy. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> we chose a fun one. Is Stevie Wonder really blind? Well, and that's the other thing too. It's funny too because like the hypocrisy is so blatant because I remember 2008, 2012, 2016, like, I had a friend that was into this shit, and he was just like, Alex Jones says that martial law is coming. Martial law is coming. Bush doesn't want to give up the presidency. He's going to declare martial law. Obama doesn't want to give up the presidency. He's going to declare martial law. And then in 2020, he actually was promoting Trump declaring martial law. And you're like, <laughs> I just, that's so frustrating. You're like, wait a second. You're all about freedom and stuff like that. Now you want your guy to declare martial law. It's just, it's insane. It's just, it's. I don't know. I don't know if he's mentally ill or what the deal is or whatever, but he's he's certainly a negative force in American culture, dude. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely agree. Yeah. So that's basically it, fellas. I mean, we can get uh, final scores here. Yeah. What you got, Randy? Awesome. So, you know, I alluded to in my introduction about how much divisiveness and, you know, kind of the harm he causes the victims. But what I've kind of uncovered as we've gone through the episode, I think this guy is a fucking fake. Yeah, I yeah. think he's a fake. Absolutely. Um, you know, to the point we talked about earlier, the microphone version of Alex Jones is a different version of Alex Jones in probably real right. life. And I wonder if he truly buys in right. to the shit that he's selling. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I don't know which is worse. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Because you have full control. If if that's your true belief and you're preaching from the heavens, I get that. Right. But if you are creating these false narratives and this false fake information just for essentially the almighty dollar, which I'm sure is, you know. Probably not what he really, uh, I guess, is fully trying to uh, accomplish, right? Yeah, it's yeah, not right. necessarily greed, maybe, as it is right. like... Uh, to, to Attention, use, fame, to stay in the limelight, right? Exactly, yeah. and have these ideas stay in the mindset of people around the country. It's just fucked up, man. The links that his followers went to with the Sandy Hook victims, it's fucked up. The yes. other stuff we talked about in regards to... Um, the gay bomb, like and Lady Gaga's God, de- devil worshiping performance. Give me a fucking break. <laughs> and I'm going to say here, like I literally had to cut a lot of shit out because there's so much oh, insanity. Yeah. So much. So like many crazy. I just picked the ones that were the most amusing to me until we hit Sandy Hook. Like I said, the in my intro, the fucking that juice boxes cause kids to be gay. Where in the fucking world did you get that information from? I know. You and know then also I mean? just think rationally, like, hey, maybe now it's not an environment where people are scared to admit they're gay. So you're getting more gay people. That's that are, right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, because when people think, oh, there's more gay people nowadays than ever. False. Go back and look at, like, the Roman Go, days the and the Greeks. Oh, yeah, my God. Yeah. They were... That's why fucking, butt, butt fucking is called going Greek. Sodomy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 and it, that's the thing. It's always so frustrating when the, that they talk at you like you're the idiot right and yeah. you're like you haven't actually you haven't thought this out at all no no all. there's more gay people now because of, of juice boxes out there and that's why because the government wants everybody gay to not have kids i'm like no dude it's just that you won't get your ass beat anymore for saying you're gay that's right that's exactly yeah. right 
So, end of the day, um, I'm ticking him up a little bit. I'm going to give him an 8.15 as my final score. 8.15 for Alex fucking Jones. Okay. Buddy, what you got, brother? All right. So, for me, you know, I mean, we're doing a segment of our show that's Conspiracy Court. I don't have a problem with conspiracies. And if you want to sit there and stand up at the top of the mountain and scream, you know, look, government's trying to do this to us. The government's doing that. Gay bombs, frogs, you know, everything that you want to spout off. All right, cool. You know, I don't really have a problem so much with that. All right. But when we start talking about like the Sandy Hook massacre and you're getting these people like Wolfgang to sit there and go and harass these people and then you're bringing them on to the show to talk about it afterwards. Multiple like, times. You're glorifying his actions. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, these are people that are mourning that are going through. Uh, they're going through enough. They don't need your shit on top of it. Like I said, I, this isn't me talking like I'm a badass. I just don't know that I can mentally handle it. You kill my only kid. And then you're harassing me? Do I have to hide? Like, I may fucking kill you. I was about to say, at least shoot your car up. Yeah, something. Yeah. The one guy committed suicide. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's uh, and I mean, that's on Alex Jones' Yeah, hands. they defaced these kids' graves, shit like that. It's like, insane. I mean, like, uh, they're going through enough. I can't even imagine having to go through that on top of already having to lose your child. Uh, you got people, you know, him spouting out the the Pizzagate stories, and then you got that guy calling to arms and showing up at that pizza place with a gun. Comet ping pong, where there was to find the uh, the children the sex slaves in the basement when there wasn't even a fucking basement. There. Right. You know what I mean? So I mean, like, it's one thing to spout out big government conspiracies that really on an overall don't have any kind of net negative to your audience. Like there, there's no call to arms in a sense. But when you are constantly spouting off everything as fact and, uh, you know, you have an audience that is wanting that kind of information and you're telling them that this is it, this is the Bible, go out there and do what, you know, we we are Americans and we got to do what we got to do to protect us. I know, and you always have to hide under the fucking flag and shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm a patriot. I play football. I'm an American. You're like, that's completely irrelevant to any of this, you fucking asshole. I played football and I'm an American and I don't buy into this Yeah, there you go. I played peewee football. I was not good at it. I also am an American. I also don't buy this shit. You know, so, I mean, to me, this guy sounds like uh, like a trench coat mafia guy. They got his ass kicked back in high school. They had to move for it to protect him. He got his ass kicked again. And I, I have to kind of interject. How is this guy getting his ass kicked? He's a pretty big guy. It's true. And actually, it was interesting because, like, you look at pictures of him when he was younger, and he was also, like, sort of into bodybuilding. But that being said, doesn't mean you're a good fighter. Exactly. Good fight, I was about yeah. to say, you can be ripped as fuck and still not be able to throw a very good this punch. This is true. Everybody's got a game plan until they get punched in the face. Yeah. Quote right? by Mike Tyson. That's it, right. Exactly. Spinal. <laughs> so, you know, to me, it just sounds like he was this kid that constantly got picked on, got his ass handed to him a couple of times, but then created this platform that he could turn into the bully himself. And he never relinquished the reins on that. He actually just, I mean, went head over heels on it. And I've got no respect for that. I've got no respect for what he preaches to his audience and what they do to it. It's one thing if he's like, yo, okay, we had this this episode and, you know, a couple of people went out and did some shit. Like, we need to kind of dial it back a little bit. But no, he fucking just throws more flame onto the fire. He only does it when he when there's like legal penalties that are coming his way. Then he's like, oh, oh, well, no, I, 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 I initially I thought maybe it was, but I do believe that kids were killed at Sandy Hook. But I also know the FBI was looking, again, he's just making up lies. It's always Guys from the FBI saying that, 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 they, that they had questions too. You're like, but you only brought that up because you were about to get your fucking shit suit off, bro. Yeah, 100%. If you hadn't done it, you just keep running it the whole time. 
it's backpedaling. Whenever he gets pushed into a corner, he backpedals and it wasn't me. Yeah. I was I was given this evidence and all I'm doing is just, you know, putting the evidence out there for everybody to see. Gives yep. the shaggy yeah. defense. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, it wasn't, wasn't me. me. It wasn't me. You know, I saw the government on the counter. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't me. <laughs> you know, he even fucked me in the butthole. <laughs> it was the Greeks. You know? <laughs> so, you know, I, I just I've got no respect for him. I uh, even. Uh, after hearing everything, because, you know, I didn't watch a lot of his stuff. I just knew of him and I was, you know, he's Mr. Tinfoil Hat. You know, I've got to I've got to bump it up and I've got to bump it up a lot for me. Just with everything, I'm giving him a final asshole score of a 8.7. Uh, I'm jumping him up, man. All right. Solid. Solid. All right. Uh, you guys basically heard my entire rant on this guy. Uh, I'm going to keep it real short and sweet here. I'm going to go 8.75. Fuck you, Alex Jones. You're a chode. You're a fucking horrible, horrible human being, and you are a net negative on uh, American and general society. That's it. And you're a chode, a big, giant fucking chode, because you're built like a chode. You know what I'm saying? Like a fucking tuna can dick. Big, dumbass (laughs) neck. Stupid motherfucker. Can't wait till you stroke out. All right. With an 8.15 from Randy, an 8.75 from Mikey, and an 8.7 from Buddy, Alex Jones' final asshole score is an 8.5. 8. 8.5. Right. 8. Right. It ties him with John McAfee and R. Kelly. McAfee killed someone, and R. Kelly uh, molested young girls. Yeah. And, and peed on and, them. And Yeah. And uh, Alex Jones incited people to harass people whose kids were murdered. Yeah. yeah. I feel like he's peeing on America Yeah, and uh, profiting off of it. Yeah. Fuck S- him. Suck a dick, showed. That's right. Awesome. All right. We hope you guys enjoyed this show. We need to give a shout out to one of our loyal listeners. Her name is Jenny McMohan, and she sent us an awesome fucking gift for our two-year anniversary. It is a, what is that thing called? It's a, it's pop a, Funko, it's a Funko Pop of Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers. So we'll Mr. put a picture up on our on our social media on this one. Absolutely. So Mr. Rogers at the low end of our score, and she sent us a message and said, this just reminds you guys not to be assholes, and we have, we have it here in the studio with us. Just to remind us as we go through, it's pretty cool. If anybody can find a Funko Pop of Hitler, just yeah. so we can have the both ends of the scale. Yeah, Jenny says she couldn't find one. She tried. And so. then delete your internet browsing history yeah. if you're <laughs> Googling for Funko Pops of Adolf Hitler. So there's Ask that. one of Alex Jones' friends. They probably got yeah, one somewhere. Exactly. Awesome. Again, we hope you guys enjoy this. Definitely check us out on all of our social media platforms at ahcpodcast.com. Go to our website ahcpodcast.com it's got links to all of our shows and get ready for that fucking patreon homies yeah boy it's coming we guys again hope you enjoyed this be kind to one another and we'll see you next time on asshole court